Hello and welcome to episode two of the Decade Podcast, the podcast that takes an in-depth look into the 2021 project started by comedian Mark Watson. I'm your host, Chris Jack. I'm a little bit like Mark, dark brown hair, unshaven, but I do know how to correctly operate a belt. If you're not aware of Decade, it was a project started by Mark that asked people to pledge life goals to achieve over 10 years. Today we're talking to Tim about the definition of good and realising just how much training goes into completing an Ironman. Pray silence, please, for the Decade Goals of Tim. Welcome, Tim, to the Decade Podcast. Lovely to have you here. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Chris Jack, for welcoming me to the Decade Podcast. It is lovely to be here. I'm doing fine. How are you? You know, you could just say Chris. You don't have to say Chris Jack. It makes me sound like my first name is double barreled. Wait, but it is. Okay, fine. Well, it you, is. You've been hiding your surname all this time. I'm, I'm going to help you. First thing I'd like you to do... Introduce yourself to the listener. Hello, um, I am Tim Borge. From uh, I'm about twenty-eight years old at this point, if that matters at all. I'm from the Mediterranean island of Malta, and I've been in the Decade Project from day zero. Would you consider yourself a Decade OG? Technically, yeah. I mean, I was there before the Discord formed. Just about. Is that how we define decaders now, pre-Discord and post-Discord? Yeah, PD and PD, just so we don't mm. separate them. How did you first hear about decade? I think Mark, obviously Mark. So he tweeted about the um, end of July, a couple of years ago, 2021. Let's date this. I saw that and thought, hmm, this looks interesting. It took me three days and a bunch of anxiety to actually like respond and say, can I still get involved in this? What appealed to you when you first saw that first tweet to go, this is what I want to get involved in? I think generally it's like a sense of accountability. For a long time, it's just been my partner and I holding each other accountable for things. And now I've given the burden to other people. I feel like once something's written down, it is, it is accountability. You know? like once something is written down in public, essentially, you kind of have to hold yourself to it in some way. You spoke about you and your partner being accountable to each other. What made you make that step to being accountable to one other than yourselves? It's actually the other way around. Be in a position where I can use some area of expertise of mine which to help other people and provide any kind of knowledge I have to help them out in any j- adjacent journey they may have. Simultaneously, I know there's goals I had and I needed to be held accountable for those because otherwise I would not have progressed in any way. So like actually writing them down, setting them there, makes me think, all right, now I kind of have to do it because well, a couple hundred people have seen this. So the act of actually physically stating something in public, whether that's online or not, was what drove you to do it from your own perspective? I'm not sure if it was the main driver in hindsight, but if it wasn't, I can't recall what the main driver was. And it's definitely like something appealing about the whole project. Again, like a lot of this is with the benefit of hindsight, but I wouldn't have necessarily gone into it expecting, oh, look, a bunch of like-minded people spur each other on. It's mm-hmm. fantastic with that. It's interesting what you actually said was, I came in here with the idea of using my experience to help other people. And it almost felt like you holding yourself to account was more of a byproduct of using what you had already to help others. Not that, I'm not sure if I'd call it a byproduct rather than just, you know, two angles and approach 50, 50. or something. I'm not sure that's the ratio, but it is a ratio that's not 100 to zero. 
and you said it took you three days. Can you talk a little bit about those three days? So the difference between now and then is I think now I tweet more often. So let's start with that. I did not tweet at all back then. So like just actually being active on something felt like a big step. And not only that, actually responding to someone who's, a, you know, a, a publicly well-known figure. This is the mm. thing that's what went through my head, like gen- generally like a lot of nerves, just even the mm. idea of saying something on such a public domain in front of strangers. Even with the relative anonymity of Twitter, it was still nervous for you. Yeah, heavily nervous. Sorry, that's changed now. Now I'm more comfortable, I think. But it's the comfort is now a byproduct of decade. Like the fact I've found so many individuals who I feel like I've managed to connect with, I've connected with me, and I feel like a lot of us are so comfortable with each other. Hmm. Anyway, even though a lot of us have never met. You mentioned not having met people in real life which was strange to you is it strange in this sort of modern internet world that you connect with people that you never meet face to face i mean i feel if we go back three years it would be a strange Mm. concept like so much has changed obviously i mean i don't need to really explain why everyone's aware of what's what's been going on like i never really had online friends Mm. not ones that i kept in touch with regularly for sure that's one thing I struggle with generally, like keeping in touch with people. You're now speaking to people online that you've never met in real life. Could you go through the whole 10 years and never meet people that you've met online and it still be a, a good thing? Well, I can't because it's so statistically impossible at this point. But even so, I wouldn't want to like go that long without meeting said people I've met already and others again because... It's such, it's such a, like a wonderful community of people. Honestly, it feels like there's element of acceptance for pretty much anything that's here that's above the line. But you know, as as long as it's not something hurtful, you you'll be accepted. It's almost like the opposite of a traditional friendship. So you think about the friendships that you make at school and at university and college. You meet these people and then you spend the rest of your lives going, "Oh, mate, I really should have met them for a drink." Or I should have them around to stay and you and the, there's the guilt there but the relationships you build online and particularly as a result of the decade is you speak to these people every day or nearly every day in terms of these little sort of vignettes and then it's almost part of your goals to then meet them and then that be a really positive thing you're not worried about that that's sort of something you're aiming for rather than a chore i feel with traditional friendship yeah it does feel like there's more maintenance with the traditional ones i never saw necessarily meeting people as, as a goal but now you mention it it so obviously is but and, and i think it's because i don't necessarily see it as a chore it's something i want to do but yeah with the friendships that i grew up with at times it feels like it does feel like a strain at times especially when you know that like, you're just going to talk about the same stuff um over and over and especially when it's just you know males mm. uh, we don't really get in touch with our feelings that easily especially when we've known each other for ages and we've been conditioned to not really talk about that do you feel you can be more open with those online relationships than some of the more traditional relationships i feel i can be open with both but i just feel more comfortable being open with Mm -hmm. the um people who i meet online it just feels more natural but i think it's just because they're it starts from a blank slate almost the idea of a blank slate 
I really like because that blank say is then filled with like-minded ideas or like-minded feelings or like-minded anxieties about being open about your goals everything that you're doing in life that you might not be able to have that blank say with someone that you've known for 20 years and I, I feel like in, in my case, it was an absolutely blank, completely blank slate. I wasn't re- really involved with the other like Discord related to No More Jockeys and all this stuff. So I was going with like full anonymity, I think. So it was an opportunity I feel I couldn't pass on in spite of the level of anxiety that was involved in actually trying to get into What were your original decade goals? Yeah, this is interesting because the ones I sent on the email and the ones I initially posted on Discord were actually different from each other. That's like within the space of a couple of days. So your original email to Mark, what did you write to him? Oh yeah, I had two goals initially when I sent the email on the 8th of August, 2021. And when the Discord opened about a week later and I saw that people are putting 10-ish goals, oh yeah, maybe I can do more than just two. My initial goals were completing an Ironman triathlon and performing stand-up comedy to a good level. Those were the two I sent on the email. They seem like quite tangible goals. Did they change at all from when you sent the email to Mark to when you posted on the Discord? Oh, yeah. Within a week later, those two were still there. I gave it a bit of thought. Uh, The other three I added were trying to learn a new language, which not gotten to yet. Maintaining friendships, and I think this... Managed to do, uh, because I've I've ever I've historically like, quite struggled to keep in touch friends I make, and like, initially when decades started, I tried to like get back in touch with some people, and I have managed in a way to maintain contact with a couple of them at least. I had a list of ten. I think I've maintained contact with two, but the friends I've made with, within decade, I think I've definitely managed to. That's that's been successful so far, and the other one that I think um is maybe a, a three out of 10 at best so far as uh, being a better activist. Uh, I don't think I'm doing as much as I could. I think we, we all, whether it's a political environment or whatever it is, part of being involved in that cycle is thinking that you're never doing enough. Yeah, that is true. It's almost kind of similar to imposter syndrome in a way, yeah. I feel. But simultaneously with this, I feel like I know I could be doing more. So of those five goals, were there any that were more important to you? I'm assuming the two you sent to Mark originally. Were they your main focus in terms of the 10-year project? They were initially. And then like part of what happened as well when I saw other people putting their goals, I realized, oh, these two goals I've put in, heavily self-centered. So th- there has been change, yes. Um, they were the most important ones, like the Iron Man, for example. I've been wanting to aim for something like that uh, for... Well, it's now verging, I think, on five years, possibly six. Um, so I'd been running regularly for a good few years. I'd been trying to get into cycling and swimming. And I felt like I needed the accountability to actually do something about that. Your Ironman goal was pre-decade. Did you feel that decade helped you solidify that goal or, as you say, give you more accountability in achieving it? Partly give me accountability, but also what I feel has actually happened is give me an element of clarity. Realizing, like, to complete an Ironman, even if, you, if you're not trying to get a good time, you need to be training a good 16 hours a week. Time just isn't there. But I accept that and, like, I'm fine with it. But I, I still want to to challenge myself physically throughout the 10 years and i have 
ideas for how I'm going to do that. As for the Iron Man itself, I'm nonplussed. You mentioned there that looking at your original goal, you felt they were quite self-centered. Is that necessarily a bad thing? You've talked about having this kind of 50-50 approach to decade and actually it not just being about you, it being about everyone else, which is a really kind and generous approach. But there's got to be a bit where it's for you. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think it's a bad thing. But when you see other people <laughs> having goals that are not as self-centered, you start to question your motives. I started to question my motives is what I really mean. I'm wondering how like, I could be trying to do something more you know, worthwhile for everyone, not just to satisfy my own ego. But I suppose anything that you... So Yeah, you can extrapolate what... that pretty easily. Me helping others is also yeah. selfish in a way because I feel good about it, yeah. Uh, and, and whatever you would have written down as your goals were always going to be self-centered to a to a degree and to a degree yeah because they are your goals you want to achieve them and and it goes back to it's not necessarily a bad thing so long as there's that self-awareness that you know that's where it's coming from and knowing what you want to achieve as a result your first goal you stated about doing stand-up comedy to a good level. Was that something you thought about long before decades? Oh yeah, I think there's there had been the idea of me wanting to do stand-up for years, just in my subconscious from my late teens, probably mentioned it as a joke once I th when I was at uni, and uh, the other people laughed it off, and I thought well, that's a good start at least. And then around 2020, right, right before the, the pandemic started to really hit Europe, essentially. I thought I really want to try and give that a shot, but local to me, uh, there wasn't really much of a scene I was aware of. So the closest thing I could find is um, I applied for a public speaking course, at least get my mm -hmm. confidence up and all that. So I did that, try to like, keep finding stuff going on, but obviously because of the pandemic, everything yeah. kind of closed down. And then I found like a few online Zoom gigs. There's a couple of them over a few weeks. I was terrible because like, it was first time doing it then decades started a month later by then i'd kind of decided that i want to like keep trying anyway so it had been in my subconscious and i think i would have regretted never trying for sure it would have kept coming up so you talked about regretting never have tried it do you think you would have pushed it further if it hadn't been for decades i think i wouldn't have but i think i would have given up because i did like eventually within like a few weeks of decade managed to find gigs local to me but they're very few and far in between so i did my first like in-person gig early october of 2021 between then and june of 2022 i'd done less than 10 gigs but like because of decade you know it was able to like almost develop this sense of drivenness to be able to say all right i've committed to this i need to do something about it and like there was a specific period between the start of December and early February, where I had no gigs in real life, and but it really got to me. And I thought, all right, someone has to do something about this. So I thought, I've seen people say this on Twitter a lot. If you, if you can't find gigs, start your own, and the the rest is present. So you mentioned starting your own gigs. How did you get on with that? 
Well, the context is um, the frustration with a lack of local gigs meant I decided like to start my own gig just to have a little bit of stage time. And thought, no, let's not contact venues. Let's just do it on Zoom. So that's easier and free. Really, there wasn't much thought process put into it. It's just trying to reach out to people, see if they want to be involved. Downloading an AI app to create a quick poster, which is it'll do for now. And then figuring out how to admin more than anything, because that that's what maintaining a Zoom gig really is, mostly admin. That's the, the world of Zoom comedy. I think for, and it's, it's been great throughout as an experience, I think it's only really made as far as it has because of decade. Because again, mm. like I had goals in my head. I didn't, I hadn't necessarily thought of asking people within decade to get involved yeah. with it. It's just coincidentally like the stars aligned. I think it was you who was looking for gigs. So I was similar to you trying to find places to perform and locally there isn't too much near me. I wanted to try online just to build up my confidence more than anything. And I think I posted on the Discord, does anyone know any online gigs? And you literally said, there's one on Monday that I'm starting. And I thought, yeah. let's go with that. Yeah, so it was that, and I I think I saw maybe one or two other people ask on Twitter as well. I thought, yeah, cool. Let, let's just tell them this is happening. That was the the way it started. My goal initially was genuinely to have it run for 10 weeks. And if within those 10 weeks, there's one of those weeks where I get two people, I keep going with it. I wasn't expecting much more. And like, obviously, yeah, every, pretty much every week we had two people. So it, it kept going. Some weeks it's been eight or nine. And I think what, what what I've done is uh, revolutionize. What what have you done? I, I, I think what what I've done is in the future people will look at me as a pioneer and a revolutionary. I think that's fair. I think what you did was you created a space for a lot of like-minded people. I can speak for myself that I don't think I would have got on stage as much as I have done if it wasn't for yourself at least opening that door to starting that sort of online comedy world and I know a lot of people that have used bring your own jokes as a gateway to doing that as well which I think is absolutely fantastic and I think what has been really nice is you have created almost a offshoot community from decade which has sort of solidified friendships around that because I don't think we really interacted until you started maybe a little bit because I, I know like we both have the shared running interest yeah I, I I should say again I unintentionally create that space like again mm. it was in my eyes and th this might just be like Catholic upbringing speaking here it was such a self-centered thing I should be ashamed of uh, having not thought of the people as, as it turns out was actually a better idea than going to a venue trying to get my own gig going because it opened up so many other doors not not literal mm. i'm not getting the, the industry chasing me and all that but i've made acquaintances from america acquaintances from japan and like quite a few places in between that would not have happened if i just walked up to like my local polo club or whatever it is and told them can can, can i use this place on friday it would not have happened and realistically i think if i'd have done that the crashed and burned clue what i was doing no but i suppose there has been an environment where where it's okay to not know what you're doing and okay to fail I, that's certainly something that i see a lot that nobody goes well that was awful or it's it's that encouragement supporting environment yeah. which goes well, i really love this bit this bit needs a bit more work 
as you know, it's not just about the hour show that you put on. It's also about the kind of after party and the yeah. chats and the kind of social gathering like, as much yeah. it is the comedy. It's like people hanging out of the bar. But yeah, that's the whole, that's the beauty of it now. Like I was essentially allowed to learn on the job is the way I kind of see it. Whereas if I had just gone with a venue, um, in touch with a venue and then not managed to get any interest, they wouldn't have bothered with me again. They likely might not have bothered with any other comedians coming to them. That makes the space that you've created even more important because it's it's inspired you. It's given you then the confidence to go on and do your face-to-face stuff in Malta as well and actually build that community. And it's really been a platform to all of those different things and not just for yourself. We know that are individuals that have been involved in that who have massively progressed with their confidence, with their comedy, with their... I mean, they've gone from, oh, I'm not really sure what I'm doing to running their own gigs, which I think is absolutely fantastic there's people that we know that haven't even spoken as a result of lots of different reasons and then come along to bring your own jokes and then they're doing 10 minute comedy sets which i think is all done to, to you really yeah but 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 i do find it's incredible as well and i think like it's the fact it's so quite lax generally like we're so relaxed about rules like as long as you don't you're not trying to hurt people like you know you do you you know you can camera off no problem we can live with that microphone off no problem you just you stay away eating fries and knitting what or whatever it is people generally do on a monday evening and i think that just help people feel comfortable what i would say is that's also reflective of the decade community as a whole it's sort of it doesn't matter who you are what you're doing so long as you're nice to other people then we'll be nice back and support you in that i see that so much like in terms of everything is so uplifting if you're ever having a down day just go to the goal updates section of that discord see people achieving so much we talked a little bit about how your goals changed immediately as a result of the first email but have they changed at all over time and over the last 18 months absolutely there was one new mini goal i added in at some point which is it's a weird thing like doing comedy but i realized at the point that so much of my self-worth was tied into what other people thought of me uh, so like i made one of my again mini goals just seeking therapy for that to like make sure I learn how to deal with it, figure out the ideal techniques, essentially tap into my brain. And again, there, there was the accountability for that, which helped me because as soon as I put that in the, into the Discord, I was like, right, I have to do it now. So I just started researching and emailing therapists left, right and center to just figure out. That was a new goal that wasn't anywhere near my mind originally. In terms of the other goals I had, the Iron Man goal has absolutely changed. It's realistically, I don't think it's there's any point in having it it's just setting myself up to fail and i don't think i'm a failure if i don't do it because it was always going to be uh, too much of an uphill battle in terms of comedy that's still kind of the same because it was quite ambiguous as a goal it's like well i said do comedy to a good level and good is so subjective well I, I don't think i'm anywhere near the level i want to be but i can definitely see that there's progress that's been made from july 2021 where i had like three punchlines in five minutes yeah. to now where i can just go up on stage riff for a couple of minutes and i have six or seven laughs within that just mm. 
literally based on observation. So there's progress there. I do think the comedy goal has kind of evolved and that I want to keep bring your own jokes going for as long as I can because I now realize like how important it is to people to just have access to comedy, have the ability to access something for free from their own homes. Yeah. So that's something I definitely want to keep, but I also do want to progress in terms of being a better comic in person. Your realization on the Iron Man thing, that not being practicable, for me, that isn't necessarily a failure if you're not achieving your goals. It's actually a positive thing and the self-awareness to go, that isn't the right goal for me and adjusting as a result. Yeah, and I think I agree with you, but I wouldn't have agreed with you prior to decades. The, the only reason I think I can acknowledge that now is because I've seen one of the people on Decade, I have no clue or no recollection who it was, had a goal which was about being able to like improve their relationship with success, but essentially what defines success to them. And I think that got hogs rolling in my head and throughout my body generally. Like, yeah, like if you don't achieve something, but it's because you maybe were set up to fail, even if it's unknowingly, and that's fine. Or even because circumstances changed, maybe at some point, that's also fine. I'm a bit the same with you. I think my idea of completing goals has completely changed since setting the goals. So originally, my idea of goals was goal A, goal B, goal C, tick, tick, tick. Whereas actually, I think your idea of completing those goals is cross out, adjust, highlight, change, move around, add, delete. Something that turns into a bit more of a doodle than a, yeah. than a statement. And I think that's the beauty of all of this is that realization is, well, lots of people involved in this are coming to that conclusion, which I think is really nice because you then end up not being that idea of failure, but that idea of success ends up being something different from check, done, which I think I think is really important to people. It's definitely easier on me mentally as well, because I, I think like if, if I hadn't joined Decade, I would have been beating myself up about like not being able to do an Ironman, or alternatively have just run myself into the ground and gotten myself injured pretty bad because like I would have been working too quickly for my body to keep up. I think what you're trying to describe is that Decade has helped you have a healthier view of what success is. Yes, and generally I don't like when people try to put words in my mouth, but in this case it's fairly accurate as an assessment. Because I mean, particularly with your Ironman example, is and I, I, you know, I know from my own experience, exercise can be really addictive and really driven, and you end up doing uh, a lot more damage to yourself, or it becoming an unhealthy thing to do. And I think having something to go, well, actually, no, that's not the right thing for me. I think again, self awareness and knowledge of your own body and what's right for you, I think, is really important. Your original goal was to perform stand-up to a good level. What does a good level mean to you, and has that changed over time? It fluctuates all the time. I think initially, uh, this is just the, the human psyche in a way, where the more you have of something, the more you want. 
as I feel myself getting better, I want to be better than I already am. It has changed. Like initially, I think I would have been happy with doing stand-up locally a couple of times, maybe getting a, a paid gig. Now I have a, a literal note on my notepad with milestones that I'm just ticking off. It also lovely side effect in that if I'm having a really bad day and thinking maybe I should just stop doing this, I look back at it and think, oh yeah, I have started my own open mic and it's gone pretty well. Oh yeah, I've been invited onto podcasts and oh yeah, I've, I've done an open mic in the UK. That's cool. Like I, I've not been on Taskmaster, but that's fine. That's But, you know, at least I've got this to, one, like, look back on just to feel better about myself. But also, I've got it there so I can tell myself, all right, there's these next things that I need to be aiming for in order to be, or to reach the definition of good that I'm now aiming for. If you wrote your goal to today, it would still be perform stand-up to a good level. And that good may mean something completely different to you, to you than it did 18 months ago. And then in three years' time, your goal is still going to be perform stand-up to a good level. And you're continuing changing that and not moving the goalposts, but setting your horizons higher and higher and higher based on your standards. Yeah. And the parameters have kind of gone more specific in a way. As much as they're growing higher, like there's a list of things I need to tick off now. And mm. I won't be satisfied until... Um, I'm in a similar situation than this, but it's Stuart Goldsmith in your place. In terms of achieving your goals, is there anything you feel that you need support on or guidance on in order to get there? I think that if the Decade community continues being as lovely as the Decade community is, more people will achieve their goals than they currently believe. The optimism that is within the Decade community will definitely keep spurring people on to achieve more than they think they can. So thank you, Tim, for joining me on the Decade Podcast. It's been really nice having you here to talk through your goals. Thank you, Chris Jack, for allowing me the opportunity to listen to your soothing voice. It's been an absolute pleasure, Tim. Thank you. It's not been a chore. Absolute delight having Tim on. Please go and check out his online comedy night, Bring Your Own Jokes, which happens on Monday evenings at 8pm. If you live in Malta or have access to a private jet, get along and see him in person. Thank you to everyone who helps pull this podcast together. And to the decaders out there, you're all solid gold legends.